0: The V8 Ford 60 was a pathetic machine. It struggled mightily under the weight of the shine and the pull of gravity as Junior struggled to get up the ridge. At times he had to go down to 15 miles per hour in first gear to keep the car going. As he neared the summit, he passed the agents drinking their second thermos of coffee while waiting for Fireball to come by. They heard Junior's Ford grinding away as it came up the ridge, its feeble headlights shining in the dark woods. What the hell was this? They thought. What's that old clunker doing out at this time of night? Someone gets sick and need the doctor? They went back to the warm coffee as Junior passed. Jess, anything looks strange to you about that car? The agent asked. Well, now that you mention it, it is riding awful low in the rear. You don't suppose he's hauling shine, do you feel? I never saw a runner with that sorry a car, but let's check it out. My ass is tired from sitting here anyway. We can say we've done our job and then go home. What do you say, Jess? I'm with you. Anything beats just sitting here. Besides, that farmer will put out the word that we are around and that may slow things down for a few days. They pulled the government-supplied sedan out onto the road and started to accelerate up the hill toward Junior. It was not going to be much of a challenge to catch the old coupe, so they did not use maximum acceleration. Junior was wary, even though he was totally inexperienced. With his sharp vision he saw the car pull onto the road, lights out. He knew he was in big trouble. It was either the cops or a hijacker. Either way, he was a sitting duck. Junior all but pressed his foot through the floorboard and pounded the steering wheel trying to coax one mile-per-hour more speed out of his overworked motor. It roared, but wouldn't go one lick faster. His next thought was to jump out and let the car drop into the valley while he ran into the woods. They would never catch him, but then he quickly considered what failure would mean to the family. His ma and pa would go back to hard times. He had to make a run out of it. It wasn't like a bad dream in slow motion. It was a bad dream in slow motion he could sense every foot that the pursuit car was gaining on him. They were one turn below, and he had 300 feet to reach the summit. Just as they rounded the last curve, he crested the summit. Quickly switching off the useless headlights, he started gaining speed as the road changed from uphill to downhill. The revenuers saw the lights go off and suddenly realized they had a live one, even if he was slow. They turned on the lights, shifted down a gear, and slammed the gas pedal to the floor. It was only a matter of seconds and they would be on his bumper. From that vantage point they would shoot his tires out. Jess unlimbered his Colt 45 automatic and got ready. Only sixteen years old and in big trouble with the law due to total chance, the devil didn't play fair, but that's why he is the devil. In desperation, Junior shifted to second and then to high gear as the coupe rapidly gained speed on the steep downhill grade. He now had the opposite problem to his prior predicament. He had too much speed with insufficient means to control it. The brakes were as pathetic as the engine, and the 650-16 Western Auto tires were the bottom of the automotive barrel. Junior jumped the car from side to side on the road as he squealed around the sharp curves Devoid of guardrails, he was within inches and milliseconds of death. He would never get closer. The agents backed off since they were paid to catch bootleggers, not get killed racing down the mountain. They only had to wait for the inevitable wreck and pick up the pieces. Driving by pure instinct, using the slight bit of control he had over the car, Junior whipped the wheel to the left, just at the entrance to Swart Hollow Road. It was little more than a one-lane dirt path scratched out by the county road grader. By some miracle the Ford bounced wildly in the air but stayed on the road. Using what little brakes he had left to broadside the car, Junior came to a halt in a shower of dust and rocks. The left front tire exploded in final protest to the abuse it could no longer tolerate. The Feds drove on past the cutoff as they had not seen Junior's violent maneuver. They continued on down the mountain looking for signs of the wreckage that they were sure was there. Not finding any, they went home totally puzzled. Junior's legend had started to build at a tender age.